Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. Hello, we are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Liz Dolan here in Santa Monica, California, joined today by my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas, Monica Dolan in Portland, Oregon, and special guest star Sarah Sweeney, our beloved webmaster in New York City. Sarah, thank you for the new audio library. Very welcome, and it took us a while, but I think we're finally, we finally got the hang of it. (laughs) I think we got it. You guys need to know anything? Well, I do, Sarah. I, I'm a little confused, which is not un- uncommon. But when I go to iTunes, I see there are two shows. That, which which one do I choose? You want to choose the one that says it's comedy. And the other good giveaway is that I've made the graphic a little different. So you will see the graphic that accompanies the new one is on the website so that you can match it and make sure you have the right one. <laughs> Oh, sort of like Garanimals. You just snatched yeah. to the to the website. Oh, I can do that, Sarah. Thank okay. you. Okay. You're very welcome, Julie. So if you're downloading from iTunes, you search on The Satellite Sisters. These two shows will likely come up. One of them has this classified as kids and family. The other one classified as comedy. And that's the one you pick, right? Exactly. Yep. And there are 200 new shows there, or as we're saying, new to you, because you've either never heard them or you really don't remember most of the most hilarious moments. So <laughs> the new, new to you, Satellite Sisters Audio Library. 200 and counting, Liz. 200 and counting. So you have more on a hard drive somewhere under your bed? Is that it? It, um, I just keep pulling it out of various (laughs) weird places. There was was another question we got on the blog about if they were already subscribed to the show, do they need to do anything different? So it sounds like, yes, they do need to subscribe to the new show that's classified comedy. Otherwise, because they, if they were an old subscriber, they would be subscribed to the one that was classified kids and family, and we're not adding to those anymore, right? Correct. Okay, so do that. So subscribe to the new show, and then also go down to your settings and change your settings to make sure you're downloading all shows, not just one or two at a time. And you will get, you know, you'll get several hundred, but it's all right. You can take your time listening to it, right? Yes. It's, I mean, what else are you doing this summer? I think it's a great it's a great thing to be doing. And, you know, and, you know, you can always listen to a Satellite Sister show. There's All right. always. All right, Sarah. Once again, thank you so much. You're always there for us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Sarah. <laughs> OK, we are moving on. And if you have any more questions about uh, how to operate either with the iTunes shows or all the same shows are archived at SatelliteSisters.com. So it's even easier there. Uh, You can post them on our blog. Nothing too technical because a lot of it has to do with your own computer. But just general instructions, uh, I think we can probably help because we're figuring it all out ourselves. Right, Julie? So as you test I mean, I think Satellite Sister listeners, you have to realize that you are our beta testers, okay? That's an elite group. I mean, people really clamor to be in the Google beta, beta tester group. Well, I, this is a very elite group, our beta testers, who can help to figure out the best way to download all of these new-to-you shows. And, Monica, have you had luck with this? Have you been experimenting with your own iTunes settings? Sure. I got them all, Liz. I just went to the uh, Comedy Satellite Sisters and subscribed there. And, boy, I got like 200 shows in one day. 
I know, it's so exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I'm kind of curious to hear the shows that go, that are like the Wayback Machine, you know, from 2008, 2007. Um, I have my favorites. I don't remember them, but I'm sure once I hear them, I will remember them. So I'm excited. It's fun. All right, so please send us your comments. How's it working for you, and which shows are your favorites? Uh, There's plenty of summer entertainment for you from your Satellite Sisters. We're thrilled that this all worked out. All right, moving on. Liz, Liz, can we talk about the breaking news coming out of Santa Monica, California this week? (laughs) I mean, Liz, when I saw the news this week, uh, you know, I just couldn't even believe it. Okay. We got quite a bit of email immediately on the day that Whitey was captured by the FBI. Because you know from our conversation here on Satellite Sisters that not only do I live in Santa Monica, but our parents, Jim and Edna, live in Santa Monica. And it turns out Whitey, the number one most wanted man by the FBI, lived one single block from mom and dad. Okay, believe it. When I saw that apartment building on the news, I kept saying, gosh, that looks really familiar. <laughs> somewhere on my visits to Santa Monica, I just felt like I had really seen it. But And apparently I have. You I'm- have. You have. Monica, yesterday I drove by there several times with mom and dad because they just like to check out. We were on our way to the beach and back, and they just like to check, check out the hubbub, the TV trucks that are still there. A lot of people just taking pictures of themselves in front of the Princess Eugenia sign. But mom said, oh, Elizabeth, be sure to tell Monica that it's directly across the street from the Embassy Hotel where she has stayed in the past. So that's yes. where it is, Monica. It's right there. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. Now, what makes this interesting in our family uh, is that we grew up hearing about Whitey. This is really the funny part. This is our father was born and raised in Massachusetts, and Whitey's brother, Billy, uh, every year when we were kids on Palm Sunday, my, our father would go away on this Jesuit retreat led by the family priest, Father Pierce, who was a Jesuit. Who and, baptized us, who married me. Yes, right? yes. Yes. So Father Pierce had this gang of like men that he would take away on this spiritual retreat every year. And Whitey's brother, Billy who at the time was head of the Massachusetts Senate and then went on to become the head of the University of Massachusetts, he would be in this retreat, the spiritual retreat every year. So we would get this sort of Whitey versus Billy story. So you have the one, the good brother, bad brother thing has always captivated some of the, some of our father's stories, right? We knew a lot about Whitey but long before the rest of America found out this week. I never even believed there really was a Whitey. You know, I mean, I thought it was just like a character, a story my, our dad made up. But, you know, it's there really was a Whitey and he really was a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. A really, really bad guy. So the bad news about this is, of course, uh, probably one of the few people in Santa Monica, California, that might have recognized Whitey <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and gotten his hands on the $2 million reward oh, from the FBI. I know. So close. So man. close. Really. The, the $2 million. I, I think our dad might actually have recognized the guy if he had seen him on the street. But would we have believed him? (laughs) No. Not for one single second, Julie. Right. Right. He is the same guy that said he saw a bear in the backyard (laughs) when he lived lived in Portland. So we don't always believe him. 
So the game we've been playing here with mom and dad in Santa Monica over the last three or four days is the do you think Whitey went there game? Because every time we like we go to the grocery store, we're at pavilions, we're like, wow, do you think Whitey shopped at pavilions? Or the... <laughs> well, he had to. Where else would he have gotten his food? Exactly. Mom was like, okay, do you think he went to pavilions or Whole Foods? I think, And I was like, I think he sounds like more of a pavilions kind of guy. Then part of the way the FBI found them was looking for the girlfriend who had certain, who was 20, Whitey is 81. So the girlfriend was 60, I think. And, yes. But she, one of her notable attributes was that she uh, got her teeth cleaned and whitened once a month. So we were like, so Dr. Jen, the dentist we all go to, is, of course, also the closest dentist to mom and dad and to Whitey. So then we were wondering, could we have bumped into Whitey at Dr. Jen's office? That you have to, you ha- the next time you're in for a teeth cleaning, you have to check with Dr. <laughs> Jen. And then yesterday, there's one very, Whitey lived on 3rd Street. Our parents live on 4th Street. And there's one very nice restaurant on 3rd Street called Michael's. Been around in Santa Monica for a long time. So mom and dad said to me yesterday, wow, do you think Whitey and his girlfriend went to Michael's? And sure enough, on the news, they were interviewing the maitre d' at Michael's. Saying, no. Oh, yes. They used to come in all the time. They're a very quiet couple. They sat in the back, in the garden, in the corner. And they used to the wall. <laughs> it was back I'm against the wall. Like, to the wall. Like a good gangster. Yes. Right. And, and always paid in cash. And yes. uh, so. Yeah. That- Remember when we had dinner there with mom and dad last year? Do you yeah. think you were there? It's entirely fun. That's what I mean. It's a really fun game, yeah. Monica. Was Whitey here? That's what okay, we're Okay, well, what now. about Drugtown? I mean, I, you could go into Drugtown and never come out. That's yeah. what Well, anyone could hide in there. Yeah. There's so much junk. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much going on in Drugtown. Anyone could hide in there. But, uh, Julie, 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 as you say, thing. I mean, our father has been known to... Um, Let's see, stretch a story. Embellish. He's an embellisher. Uh, I I think he's involved. It's sort of, um, what is that, narrative nonfiction? I don't know. You know, (laughs) historical fiction. That's that's our father's favorite category, wouldn't you say? So, So yesterday, mom and dad and I, we were just sitting around and dad said, well, of course, you remember when Wadey won the lottery. And I'm like, no. Whitey won the lottery? Like, yeah. He was Boston's most famous mobster, you know, running numbers and everything from his liquor store in Boston. And he won $14 million in the lottery. And I'm like, okay, Dad, that cannot possibly be true. (laughs) So I whipped out my phone and I Googled it on my phone. And I'll be damned if it isn't at least partially true. The story on Whitey winning the lottery is that a man bought a winning ticket for the lottery, a $14 million payday in in Whitey's store, the South Boston Liquor Mart. And as soon as Whitey and his henchmen figured out that the winning ticket came from his store, they found the guy and apparently convinced this man that he needed partners in managing his lottery winnings. So in fact, Whitey did get like a huge chunk of the $14 million of lottery dollars, even though like the FBI was on his case, the IRS was on his case. He was Boston's most notorious criminal. And he actually shook this guy down for a share of his lottery winnings and was allowed to get away with it. I mean, that's well, 
I, I mean, I'm, I, I expect to see Dad pop up on the local news at any moment. <laughs> oh, oh, he went down there, Julie. Oh, the That's first... white idea. Oh, no, no, Liz. Yes. You're kidding. Oh, gosh. The first you got to ma- curb He that. did. Yes. Well, there were so many TV trucks down there. It was oh. irresistible. If you have whitey material, you're, you can just stand in front of the, oh. it's, it's 10, 12, 3rd Street. And, you know, mom and dad are at 10, 11. It just, and whitey and the girlfriend also the same apartment number as mom and dad, if oh, you can believe God. it. So, uh, I noticed that. I... So what I, about the poodles? <laughs> Did they have poodles? I no, the that. girlfriend had poodles. I read a big story about her yesterday. She had two poodles. So maybe, have you discussed that at all? Did they, they, I mean, you have to walk your dog. Yeah. So ask mom about the poodles. The poodles, I will ask Anything her. familiar. <laughs> Does Ferris know these two white poodles, Liz? Have I you don't asked? think so. I'll have to, I'll have to. They were black. Two black poodles. Anyway, oh, we're, black poodles. I mean, we're laughing, but this guy was a brutal killer. And yeah. he is, if you've seen the movie The Departed, the Jack Nicholson character, the really sadistic mobster who tortured and killed people, that character was, was based on Whitey's history. So we're laughing. It's not mm-hmm. funny, but they, they rounded up the guy, and here he was right under our very noses. There was one guy on the local news here who said um, – I think he also wandered by the building to get interviewed by local news. He said nine years ago, his mother was here visiting from Boston, and she came back from being out one day and said, uh, you know, I think I just saw Whitey out there. Wow. <laughs> and, and, of course, the son, as we would if either one of our parents said it, completely dismissed the remark as not possible that it could be true. But right here under our noses, it is like, if you're like an 81-year-old man, I guess he's been here for, what, 10 or 15 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of couples that look like that in Santa Monica. Just, you know, living in a little rented apartment, having a simple life, walking in the park, sitting on the beach, all that kind of stuff. Whitey was just one of the gang. Oh, and the girlfriend. Mom it's was, certainly a nice place to be a fugitive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, delightful. Uh, <laughs> and apparently the girlfriend went to the farmer's market twice a week, just as our mother does. So I'm like, oh, mom, I just know you have talked to this woman because mom's a talker. Mom talks to everybody, yeah. yes. Yeah. You have talked to this woman about tomatoes or something. Fourth of July napkin. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, Liz, you really need to sort of sign mama and dad up. I see a book, a made-for-TV movie in this, Friends of Whitey. They can do it. You can market it. It's all there. You better. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so, uh, but just life on the lamb. That's really, uh, that subject has always interested me. Yeah, it it is. It's hard to do. I mean, it it is. I know I talked to mom. She said she didn't sleep well the other night because she just thinking about all the guns that were in this apartment. Uh, And so that, so there is a lot of hilarity in the capture, but there's also a lot of seriousness in it too. Right. Guns and 800 grand in the walls. So, uh, I was like, Hey, maybe that apartment is now available. Maybe you should move there. (laughs) Maybe maybe there's some, who knows? Maybe they lived in mom and dad's apartment. Maybe they should start mining in their own walls. Julie, don't suggest that the whole place will come down. Okay. (laughs) So, that will keep them busy. Oh, well, you know, on a much smaller scale here in Portland, we had our own uh, cr- good criminal story. You know, I work at the hospital at 
OHSU, Oregon Health and Science University, and we had a, do- a person posing as a doctor last week. Who was How a- is that possible, Monica? Which is always a good story, a doctor imposter story. Well, the funny thing is we got this email, and it was person of interest, and it said, do not share this with anyone. So I clicked on the picture and unfortunately, there was an uncanny resemblance for this. They didn't say what he had done. They just said, be on the lookout for him. He apparently has an employee ID badge. And he looked exactly like this cute little high school student intern that we have working in our department <laughs> this summer. I mean, I know it it wasn't him, but yeah. I, I, you know, I wanted to warn him. I was like, you know, you could be in trouble today. <laughs> you, you look exactly like the person of interest. Well, apparently it was a guy, he's 21, posed as a doctor. Now, you know, he had some consultations with a woman in the coffee shop on the ninth floor of the hospital <laughs> in a place that I frequent. I just don't think that's a good place to go for a doctor's visit. That should have been a red flag when the doctor it, wants it to meet you in the coffee shop? It should have been a red flag. So apparently he signed her up for surgery. And when she reported to the hospital for surgery while she was having a major anxiety attack because he told her to stop taking her anxiety medications, that's when they sort of thought, "Mm, something's not right here because we don't have any doctor by that name on staff. But when they found him, he was staying at a very fine hotel in downtown Portland. They found hospital scrubs, a vest with like the OHSU logo, um, and they arrested him. But what I like is on his Facebook page. uh, Because, of course, he has one. (laughs) Because, of course, it listed that he speaks French, Bulgarian, Spanish, German, and Korean, that he works at both OHSU and Microsoft, and he has an interest in plastic surgery. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh. It's quite a lot for a 21-year-old man to have all of those interests. He was only 21, and apparently it was some sort of plastic surgery that he had promised this woman. Oh, wow. that's really scary. Uh, oh, but they not, did catch him, so he, hopefully he has catch him. him. He's off they the did. market. Yeah, I guess the only person in the world without a Facebook page would have been Whitey. That even... <laughs> <laughs> or girlfriend or the poodles. So, Monica, you were also, speaking of Whitey, it all comes back to Whitey this week. You were in Boston this week for a short stint, I understand. Oh, it was incredible, Liz. 24 hours in Boston. I know that sounds like something Julie would do, but (laughs) I did it over and back in two days, over to the East Coast and back. So I, I was, it was a work meeting for a new clinical study that I'm working on. And I sort of originally, when I was excited the meeting was going to be in Boston, I was like, oh, good, the Freedom Trail, and I can go to Cambridge and, you know, do all these things in Boston. Well, when I arrived on Wednesday night, it was literally, it was like a monsoon with oh. fog, you know. Oh. It was just... I had no idea I was even in Boston. I, I didn't even you thought see. you were back in Portland with the rain. <laughs> it was so foggy. I didn't even see like Boston Harbor. I didn't see downtown Boston. I couldn't see a dang thing out of that <laughs> hotel window. But there were a couple of clues how I knew I was in Boston, at least for that brief period. You know, we were in this like windowless, airless conference room. And the first night we had dinner and they served clam chowder. Thank okay, ding, ding, ding. That's a song. Uh, Boston baked beans, which you don't see often. 
And not at a business meeting. It seems like a bad idea to have baked you're beans. Right, Julie. And then uh, over on the dessert tray, oh my gosh, my eyes lit up. Boston cream pie. Excellent. Oh, nice. Tasty. You know, it was such a treat when we were growing up. Of course, the people at work, they didn't even know what Boston cream pie was. But I, I mean, my eyes lit up. I literally said, oh my gosh, Boston cream pie. And the like banquet manager who's standing there, she, he said, yes, ma'am. Everything Boston for you tonight. I said, that's good because I might as well have gone to Beaverton. New. <laughs> no, and then the other thing was, here's another clue. I knew I was in Boston. I was watching TV. Red Sox game was on. I mean, I could have been adjacent to Fenway Park and I wouldn't have known it, you know. <laughs> but there was, of course, many rain delays due to the monsoon and the fog. And at one point, you know, there was another rain delay, and they had to roll out the top. <laughs> That's what they called it. The announcer's like, wow, that top must be pretty heavy. And I was like, whoa, park the car to put on the yard. Get the top out there. So that was it. 24 hours in Boston. Very... uh so you say, Monica, that's all, that's all, you know. Have... Living the high life on airplanes. It's a good life, isn't it? Hey, yes. <laughs> sisters, sisters, I have some very alarming news for frequent flyers. Um, my international business husband went for his annual physical this week. And all is good, so that's the good news. But his doctor was telling, was telling him, because he, you know, his doctor knows that uh, my husband is a frequent flyer. She was she was talking about the amount of radiation that you now get in those new X-ray machines. Well, there is a new study that came out in the American Journal of Medicine, Monica. That's a very legitimate uh, journal, wouldn't you say? Yes, Julie, it is. Okay. Well, the new X-ray machines, the the amount of radiation you receive in those X-ray machines is four times that of what you get in a chest x-ray wow really yes this doctor his doctor felt so strongly about it that this may be you know she may have gone overboard but she has found the one gate at dfw at dallas airport that does not have the new x-ray machine because she feel you know she because you know this monica as a nurse that you try to limit the amount of x-rays or your right especially over your lifetime that could really add up but if she goes to that one gate i mean Where's she going? <laughs> it doesn't matter. She feels, Monica, she, she feels so like, strongly that she goes in a gate A23 because they don't have the x-ray machine. Oh, I see. Oh, the, uh, and then she has to get on the sky train and go to the D concourse or the E concourse or the C concourse because she said she, you know, she is really concerned about the amount of radiation that's coming in these machines. Well, Julie, would you consider the fact that you're international businessman husband there you know flies every month he's getting and, like he flies like every week Monica. yeah he's, I, so he's getting like you know 200 chest x-rays a year that i can see would be cause for concern yes and liz i know you've been on a lot of planes right, lately right and how back well, and forth to dc this week i'll be back and forth to new york this coming week yeah, it's, it's a, a couple of doses a week. The biggest thing I was worried about was losing my fancy moisturizer at the TSA <laughs> checkpoint on, on last Sunday because I got separated from my quart-sized bag of liquids and gels during, in all the hubbub about getting the extra pat down because of my underwire bra, which appears to happen 
every time. I don't know why I just don't remember to wear. All my bras have underwire, so you got to switch to, like, your old squishy sports bra, which I always forget. Anyway, but you're right. That, that is something to bear in mind, Julie. This is, I think this is alarming news. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not making, this is not a medical rumor. This is, she was quoting from a new, you know, a new study coming out. So uh, Liz and, and Monica, as you board planes this week, I suggest that you go for the extensive pat down rather than the x-ray machine. Or, or the lead vest. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that, they're really going to let you on with the lead vest, Liz. And those are comfortable. You're having problems with your underwire bra. <laughs> those are comfortable on long flights. Okay, there was like a hilarious travel story this week in the New York Times. I just thought it was funny because I took that like brutal East Coast West Coast trip this week, and it was it was called Pack a Picnic for your next flight. Oh yeah, Pack a Picnic. So here were uh, some of the ridiculous suggestions they had in this article. I mean, the first one was from a chef, Josh Capon. That is his real name, Capon. So he said he manages to bring shrimp cocktail aboard every flight. He freezes the shrimp, packs it in a plastic container, then he uh, packs the, he freezes the sauce, and by the time he gets to the airport and through security, he said everything is thawed and ready to eat. Nice seafood stench. <laughs> what is he doing? Yeah, what is he doing with the shrimp tails? You know, because those really can stink up a plane, don't right, you? Right, exactly. And I mean, a shrimp cocktail on a plane? Is that what you need to eat? That's just like ridiculous. Okay, here's another one. And Liz, Liz, Liz oh, I can barely read this. But so this woman who I think is also a chef, um, she packs some cooked whole grain pasta. And then in separate containers, she brings some chopped cherry tomatoes, other vegetables, and then a, a little packet of Parmesan cheese. So when the flight attendant is, is handing out, doing the beverage service, she asks for some hot water, and then she adds it to the pasta and stirs in her vegetables, tomatoes, and Parmesan cheese. And she says she has a nice cooked meal on the plane. That is not, I mean, I'm sorry, cooking and preparing a meal on top of those disgusting tray tables is not what I want to do on a flight. Can you imagine, Liz, the preparation that goes into something like that? I can't even hang on to my moisturizer. You I know. know. I it's just that is so crazy that that. Well, what I can't imagine, what are what I can imagine even less is sitting next to such a person. You know, I just. <laughs> I think, sitting, sitting next to Mr. Shrimp Cocktail. Yes. You don't want to do it? I think my head would explode. Plus, you don't have any room to do any of the things you just mentioned. You Assembling and cooking a meal when you can barely <laughs> lift your arms where you have the seat in front of you is like at your nose. How, <laughs> how is this happening physically? I, I don't get it. You're right, Monica. That is, it should I even be allowed, be- never mind encouraged. I said there should be a bar rule. You know, you can have bring bring a protein bar or a candy bar. That's it, okay? And stop with all this other stuff. That's ridiculous. Well, I think the stench thing is really where you have to draw the line. Even when people get on with, like, hot meatball sandwiches that they've purchased on Concourse D, 
It really does. Or, you know, the Burger King, they, they're unwrapping. I know. The, the stench on an airplane is not good. Okay. All right. I think that's going to kill me before right. the x-rays. Okay. Can we move on to our America's pastime? Because sure. I, what is it? I, I had kind of an exciting weekend this weekend uh, as a Father's Day gift. I gave to my husband and to my son, who is a father, tickets to go to the Rangers game for everybody. So, so I, so my husband and myself and my son, my daughter-in-law and my two grandchildren, Alice and Benjamin, we all went to the Rangers, Texas Rangers versus the New York Mets game yesterday. So in my party, that meant 50% of my party had never been to a baseball game before. My daughter-in-law, Vera, who grew up in Kyrgyzstan, has never seen baseball, really doesn't know anything about it. And then, of course, you have Alice, who's four, and (laughs) Benjamin, a.k.a. Mr. Trouble, who will be two uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, They have not been to a major league game. And can I say, we had a delightful time. And here's, here's the reason why. Because when you go to a baseball game, this was a day game, there is so much going on that has nothing to do with baseball, which makes it fun. I mean, uh, you know, they have music, they have fireworks, they have, um, they have the, the mascot running around the baseball field. They have cheerleaders. In Texas, we have these kind of... I don't know, these girls in little baseball uniforms that are um, that are going up and down in the stands and they're giving out T-shirts and Texas Ranger um, stamps and, you know, they're cheerleaders, I guess, for the team. So you've got that going on. You have excellent food, hot dogs, peanuts, you know, popcorn. It's all going on. And so even though Benjamin really, he wasn't really inter- at all interested in the game. He just liked the stadium, So which meant that he, he just wanted to run the concourse and go up and down in the escalator um, as many times as he could. He never really wanted to sit and watch the game. But Alice, who's four, I'm, I have to say, she, uh, she had her, her father's baseball mitt on her hand, and we took her down to, you know, right down on the field, and she's a cute four-year-old girl so don't you know it she got a baseball from a baseball player which was exciting she also got a balloon from um, these cheerleader girls and and some stickers and uh, Benjamin and I had our pictures taken for um, the Texas Ranger fan page Uh, so we were excited about that oh nice did you get on the jumbotron Uh, we didn't get on the jumbotron Uh, we tried there was a we but what I'm saying is there's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of entertainment and even even I, and I and I believe that three baseball fans were born yesterday. My daughter-in-law, she does, while she doesn't really understand some of the the game itself, she enjoyed the spectacle of it and certainly enjoyed the hot dogs and you know and all the and all the music and the fun. And my two grandchildren, they had a great great time at the ballpark. And I can only compare this. I was thinking about golf. Like, and this is why golf is going to die because you can't, you can't bring, you know what I mean? You just can't bring kids to no, golf. No, it's not a family thing. It's not a family game at all. First of all, so there are all the golf is at country clubs so that, you know, it's not even public. All right. So there's no music in golf, right? 
There's no. no, there are no cheerleaders. Nope. I don't, I don't believe there's any food uh, that you can't like walk around a golf course and get, you know, a, you know, frozen ice cream or some, or some peanuts. Yeah. I don't think you can do any of that. Right. No right. cheerleaders in golf. Right. Mm-hmm. No t-shirts because of course we had to go to the concession stand at Ranger stadium and we all got Texas Ranger t-shirts and Alice wanted a pink satin baseball. So of course her grandmother bought her a pink satin <laughs> A pink satin baseball. Uh, and <laughs> no foam fingers, right? Benjamin right. wanted a big foam finger for his hand, right? Okay? You don't have those in golf. Everyone's just telling you to be quiet, right? Shh, quiet. It's just no fun and, at all. Yeah. I mean, and that's the difference. So, I, you know, I hats off to Major League Baseball because I think they've got it right. It really was fun for the whole family. And I believe that if I asked Alice or Benjamin or my daughter-in-law, Vera, do you want to go to another baseball game? All three of them would say yes. So that's that's nice. a good sign. Okay. That's that's very exciting for your family, Julie. Yes, that's it good, is. Yes, it that's is. That's a good multi-generational kind of outing, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes, it is. So oh, the other thing, hey, are, can we talk about other things that I'm going to do this summer? Which is, yeah. have you seen the beach bag book list at satellitesisters.com have you I been have, on yes Leanne, I mean, Leanne outdid herself i i think this may be her finest list ever because it has two things first of all it has Leanne's comments about the book and then as well she has provided official comments from the publisher's weekly uh, magazine which does reviews of you know all sorts of books so you have both the inside satellite sister perspective, which is really Leon's perspective, and then you have the official, you know, uh, publisher's perspective. So it is a great list of books to read, and I know that I am going to go online and order uh, uh, Joanna Trollope's book. It's called Daughter in. I might get that for my daughter-in-laws, even though it sounds like it's a horrible family drama involving daughter-in-laws. And I will have to write some cover note to my daughter-in-laws that I'm not trying to indicate anything, uh, but just, uh, you know, that I thought it looks fun to read. That's what I, that's what it I thought. It could make your family look good by comparison. There's always uh, that benefit. Oh, good, good, good. A good way to pitch it, Liz. Good way to pitch yeah, it. Yeah, so we have the uh, Best Beach Bag book list. It's posted on the blog. So on the homepage of the website, you'll see it. But you'll also see uh, across the top, if you just click on books, it will take you to the complete page of the books, the reviews, links, all of that. Uh, it's all there. So check it out. And, and let Liam put a lot of effort into it. She always does. And she's not with us this weekend because she's at a lacrosse tournament in San Diego with her younger son. Uh, she wanted to be here, but so thank you, Leanne, for but doing it, Thank you, Leanne, because she included both the 2011 list and the 2010 list. So if you didn't get to read all the books that you wanted to read last summer, the list is there as well. Yeah, I also wanted to thank, last week we had a discussion on Satellite Sisters about uh, audiobook recommendations that I needed, because next Saturday I'm driving from Los Angeles to Bend, Oregon. It's a 14-hour drive, so it's like a day and a half-ish, and uh, I like to listen to audiobooks when I'm on that kind of long road trip. And Monica, you recommended The Hemingses of Monticello. You had just you had just finished reading that, right? Right. If you wanted a book about history, yes. a, a, an interesting family story about history. 
So Robin wrote in, she's a listener who heard the discussion but didn't quite catch the name of the book. So Robin, we also posted that. That's on the homepage, on the blog at SatelliteSisters.com, all the information about that book and a link to how to get more on that. And then other suggestions that came in, I'll just run through these quickly, uh, on our Facebook group, which by the way has thousands of members, and if you are not one, you should become one. It's The Satellite Sisters on Facebook. Sandy Asper sent in three suggestions. One is The Wave by Susan Casey, which, Sandy, we loved. Susan was actually on our Best Beach Bag Book list last summer, and we (laughs) interviewed her for the Read-Write Festival. So The Wave by Susan Casey, Master of the Senate by Robert Caro. So that's the history of uh, Lyndon Johnson's time running the Senate, and Reaching for Glory by Michael Beschloss, also about Lyndon Johnson. So apparently Sandy's going through sort of an LBJ phase. Um, But I love history, too, so those are good suggestions. Jenny Schmidt wrote in and recommended The Historian by Kostova and another vote for The Wave. So The Wave is experiencing a wave of popularity. Yumi, (laughs) Yumi, who writes to us all the time, Yumi Gay, said she's recently just listened to Island Beneath the Sea. That's Isabel Allende's book. Uh, So she recommended that. She said she loved that. T. Boz said, if you want to be entertained but not intellectually stimulated, anything by Fanny Flagg. That Fanny Flagg is a great writer, and she reads her own books and really brings the characters to life. So oh, I would like to that. listen to her voice on a, on a car trip list. Yeah. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. Roberta recommended While I Was Gone by Sue Miller, and oh. what she said is not only a great book, but it's read brilliantly by the actress Blair Brown, which, you oh. know, in these audiobooks, the person who reads it can make a big, big difference. <laughs> yes, indeed, Liz. Nancy Peterson <laughs> recommended a book. Nancy, I have been meaning. We know that from our audiobook. Uh, is I was that just why you're saying that? We're just chuckling. To just our chuckling. audiobooks, which I really don't want to, want to even mention, right, Monica? That's right. We we were just chuckling because we did record our book as an audiobook, and it was not a good experience for some of the sisters. And I think it's fair to say that some of the sisters, Julie, you're with me on this, we have never listened to it. Never, ever. I don't ever want to listen to it, Monica. <laughs> Yes, to the day I die. That's that's it. <laughs> Let's just say it's very difficult to record an audio book, and we found out the hard way. Yes, we certainly did. Uh, so Nancy recommended The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Which yes. Keep hearing oh, is that's fantastic. a good book. Liz. That yes. sounds like a good one. Then uh, Roxy suggested The Life of Pi and Doc, which is a historical novel about Doc Holliday. Deanna recommended The Sookie Stackhouse series by Charlene Harris. And Tammy said she just finished uh, Matterhorn by Cara Marlantes, which is um, a little slow going, she said, but it brought her a whole new understanding for those who fought in the Vietnam War. So uh, those were all great suggestions. Thank you very much. You can keep them coming. Mm -hmm. As you read stuff this summer, either read, read or listen, read. We're putting it all in the same category. Uh, let us know what you're enjoying, and we will share that with the Satellite Sisterhood. Just post it on the Facebook group. That's actually the best way to get the word out about what you are enjoying. So uh, so there you go. Well, Julie, I, I have to thank you because I took your suggestion uh, for Liz, and I bought Cutting for Stone. What do you think, Monica? I love it. It's a, yes. just a wonderful, wonderful book, like one of these sweeping family sagas uh really draws you in and i i bought it for my trip to boston boston oh, well, back in 24 yeah. hours 
So that was an excellent suggestion. Okay. Well, and I know William on our blog had suggested The Garden of the Beast, which I am reading now, Liz. And that is an excellent book, too. Okay. It's, it's, about, it's about the U.S. ambassador to Berlin in 1933. It, it reads like fiction, but it's a nonfiction book. All right, and don't forget, you know, we're being very gracious recommending all these other books, but if you have not read or downloaded Leon's novel, Helen of Pasadena, that's your first book this summer, people, okay? And even and if you have read it or listened to it, it's on Kindle and Nook or whatever, uh, then you should just tell all your friends to do it because she's been on the bestseller list here in L.A. like the last 10 or 12 weeks, I mean, which is really exciting to be on the Los Angeles Times bestseller list, and it's paperback fiction, obviously, uh, but we need to take this national. So please, tell your friends, uh, read that book, download it, enjoy it. That is a perfect beach bag book, Helen of Pasadena. Uh, so there's that. Okay, moving on to another entertainment story I just had to mention is um, – you know, Traveler's Insurance, which I wouldn't normally talk about in the context of Satellite Sisters, uh, they have been running the world's best television commercial for the past, I don't know, six months or a year, featuring a dog. Why? I mean, why do you think it's the best in the television commercial? <laughs> well, it's like, because you yourself, it features a dog who, I swear to God, is the twin of my own dog, Ferris. You know how much I talk about Ferris, but because he refuses to let me take a picture of him, I've never been able to post a picture of Ferris. Well, if you would like to see what Ferris Bueller Dolan looks like, all you need to do is watch the Traveler's commercial. The first one was entitled Trouble, where it's the Ray LaMontagne version of the song Trouble, and it shows the dog taking his bone to put it in a bank and then bringing it home. Anyway, adorable dog commercial. Well, a brand new one came out this week that's called Cat Burglar. Oh, anyway, no. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to go on too long about this, but here's a little a sort of Hollywood moment I had uh, with Cat Burglar yesterday. I go out in the morning, go for a little run with Ferris. We stop at the, stop at the coffee shop. I tie him up to the you know fire hydrant out front. I go in to get my cup of coffee, and a woman walks in after me, and she said, um, excuse me, but... Is your dog that adorable dog in the Traveler's commercial? <laughs> oh, Liz! It was it was like a celebrity sighting, but a celebrity canine sighting. Okay. Oh, that's so Santa Monica! It's so. so Santa but what Monica. did you say, Liz? Because I I, I said who no. would know? How would you who know? would know, Liz? This is your moment. To I, I know. Can't interview Ferris. <laughs> I know. I I told her the truth. I said no. But I have often remarked myself on their uncanny resemblance. She's like, you're kidding. That looks exactly like the new dog. And have you seen – or that looks exactly like the dog in the commercial. And have you seen the brand-new commercial entitled Cat Burglar? And I was like, yes, I just saw it last night. And we spent like five minutes over our coffees discussing the new version of the commercial. So, well, it seems like that's a, a fan page uh, right there. So if you could just snap a picture of Ferris, you know, he could have his own Facebook page. Well, I went to YouTube this morning, Julie. So this is a a confession. Dorkiest thing I did this week was go to YouTube and search on Traveler's Dog Commercial. So of course the new one comes up called Cat Burglar. So I watch it and then I read all the comments where of course everyone's talking about this is the world's most attractive dog, which I of course knew because it's what Ferris looks like. The dog's name for the record is Chopper, which is an excellent name for a dog. 
It is a good name. <laughs> and here's the thing. The history of Chopper. Chopper was a rescue dog adopted in California. Oh, no, Liz. Okay, That's too Ferris close Bu to Fer Ferris's Fer story. Ferris Bueller Dolan is a rescue dog adopted in California. They could literally be twins. What if they are brothers? I mean, I think it's possible. That I think you should try to reunite Ferris with Chopper and see what happens. I think there's some DNA testing that's going to need to happen here. <laughs> I think you need to get in touch with Chopper's agent yes. right away. Because here's what I'm imagining. Take a Monica. meeting, Liz. Take a meeting. Yeah, he can be a, can be a body double for for the for Chopper. I mean, maybe yeah. Chopper doesn't want to do all those scenes. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ferris has no skills, so that's going to be hard. Ferris has not none of the skills that Chopper has. But I was thinking that okay, they're going to run this cat burglar spot for the next three or four months, right? And then they're going to have to think, what do we do next? What if Chopper has the secret secret twin brother that shows up in commercial number three, right? It happens, it happens all the time in soap operas. Okay, you have been living in Los Angeles Liz, <laughs> that you are now working out screenplays for your dog so he can make have his big break through TV okay. commercials. I just think Long Lost Twin is a classic storyline, Julie. And oh. it's only 30 seconds, so it's not like he has to do a lot of acting. Right? I'm just putting it out there. Anyway, Chopper's agent, if you're out there, call me. I feel like I feel like we could do some business. All right, that's all I have to say about that. But I might even post the YouTube video on the Satellite Sisters blog if I get ambitious. If not, you can just go to YouTube yourself. Okay. Moving on. Monica. Moving on. Oh yeah, moving on. I gotta get going here. I got quite a lot going on in my backyard this weekend. Well, it it's sort of the first really nice summer weekend i'd say early summer. you hesitated using the word summer there monica do you see how i hesitated so i decided to do some spring cleaning so all right first it just started yesterday with a little bit of weeding and then i decided i needed to clean my roof because there was a lot of moss up there so the next thing you know i got the ladders out i got the broom the rake I got a hammer going. I'm doing some repairs to the gutter work. And then I look at the windows. It's like, I think I better wash the windows. So I pull out all the screens. It's all over the backyard now. Like, I, I have like six unfinished projects. And then I started eyeing one of uh, my camellia bushes. And mom gave me a pair of loppers. So I started lopping off that bush. And, you know, what you get going with loppers, it's hard to stop in Oregon. So I now, it looks like a construction site back there. Yet nothing is finished. All I want to do is just like finish and neaten up just one little tiny area and then I'm going to have a barbecue. Nice. Okay. <laughs> that's over. It's just like, I, I, it, it happens to me all the time. It's like, I start one thing and I just can't finish it because yeah, there's yeah. just so much to do when you have a house and you're all alone. But one thing I do do is, you know, I always take my cell phone. I stick it like kind of in my underpants when I'm on the ladder <laughs> That's good to know, Monica. <laughs> in case you need to call 911. Exactly, Liz. I figure if I fall off the ladder, I'm very careful on the ladder, but it's not a good thing to be on a ladder when you're all alone back there. So I figure if I fall to the ground, I could at least dial 911. Help. Help. I can't get up. Yeah. Yes. So my plan for the rest of the day is to really sort of neaten things up, tighten things up, and get all the equipment put away so I can actually enjoy the backyard. 
Monica, I'm a little, I'm still back on the cell phone in the underpants. Uh, how 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 are you securing that? Well, <laughs> I think maybe. I, I think you just you know you just kind of tuck it in there, Julie. But if you fall off the ladder, won't the well, cell phone fall to reach, out? I have to be able to reach it. No, it's not going to fall out, Julie. Okay. <laughs> don't okay. don't worry. Don't don't dwell on that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, sister. I mean, I have to put the cell phone on my person somehow, and that's yes. like the safest way to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. The, the, the thing with uh, backyard projects in Portland, Oregon, is that you get started and you either run out of time or it starts to pour rain, so you can't finish the job, right? You get Right. right. That's, that's why I have to just keep on motoring today, because you never know when it's going to rain again. Right. Okay, well, that's our sign to uh, to wrap this up for today. The uh, big Fourth of July plans. Oh, Julie, by the way, I know on last week's show you talked about all of the uh, the holiday like knickknacks the and paddywhacks that you bought. July that I sent to mom and then found out that mom was giving it all to you. Have you have you? <laughs> she seen? gave it all to me yesterday, Monica. You will be delighted to see. It's of course all in these red, white, and blue shopping bags with red, white, and blue tissue paper and ribbons and everything. Oh, so, well, we'll get a lot of use out of those. Yeah, so there's there's one for, for you and me, Monica, as a couple. <laughs> 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 and then there's one for, <laughs> there's one for our brother and sister-in-law and niece and nephew who, who live in Bend, Oregon full-time. So uh, that's already in the back of the car. I will, be, I will be transporting those to Oregon next weekend. So well, we'll have those for our big uh, 4th of July bash, including the candles that look like firecrackers, Julie. And, and I expect to see the centerpiece with the firecracker candles, okay? okay. That's, that's all I'm saying. Tablescaping, tablescaping coming up. Uh, anyway, um, okay, let's wrap this up. Don't forget, in addition to Satellite Sisters, which, as we mentioned at the top of the show, you can find hundreds of shows now at SatelliteSisters.com or at uh, iTunes under The Satellite Sisters Comedy. Leanne does her own show every week called Chaos Chronicles. You can download that. You can subscribe to that at iTunes just as easily as you can subscribe to Satellite Sisters. And you can also go to her website, ChaosChronicles.com. There's a lot going on there. What else do we have to run, remind people of? All the new shows, at the very least, they're new to you, people. So get excited. We've given you as much entertainment as we have for the summer. Enjoy wherever you're going over the 4th of July holiday. We haven't figured out what we're doing next weekend with the show, but we'll figure something out, right? We'll- right. We certainly will. Or say we, say we don't get to it. There are 200 other shows for you to listen to. So, so enjoy. And uh, if there's any breaking whitey news, uh, we will be posting that from here at the Santa Monica Satellite Sisters uh, uh, TOC, uh, the, uh, our crime-busting project. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Have a, good, uh, have a good week, sisters. Yeah, travel safely, sisters. All right. And don't forget, call your satellite sisters.